Welcome to Tech Breakfast, today's top headlines served hot by your host Aaron Bewley and Tyler Gates. So grab your coffee and let's get into it. Good morning. It's Monday, August 3rd. How you doing, Tyler? I am doing well. I had a very eventful weekend. Now I'm a cup of coffee deep with another one in my hand and chugging happily along this Monday morning. Do you want to give us a, a quick update? What happened this weekend? Very eventful. Ooh, I can't just skip it was over that. Eventful. No, that's true. Uh, I uh, I closed an option period last week to buy a new house and um, and successfully went under contract in my house with a little under two days on the market. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Yay! So that was interesting, but it moved quick. Uh, we we showed very well, I guess. So. Yeah, your house is uh, in a great part of a great town that uh, has a great sales market right now. Yep, we maintain it, it well has too, for a good so while. It looks good. Yeah, it, well, you do have a very nice house. Or had and sold. Had. Okay, that's right. Well, let's get into this. Old man. Um, we keep seeing pictures of it, and we're like, we should buy that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a cool house. It's <laughs> way nicer than the one we yeah. bought. Dude, you did you just did so much work outside, like on the side building that like, yeah. lumber area. That's a lot oh, of stuff. I, I just a lot of stuff. I'm keeping the lumber racks. I put that in the uh okay. the sales agreement because unless somebody was gonna come in and actually do woodworking, they wouldn't want those or need those anyways. So I'll obviously leave the trellis or whatever you call it up so that they can use the shed. But my lumber racks. <laughs> All right. We have a ton of news. So we did Monday, Wednesday, Friday last week, and it looks like we're going to continue doing that. It's uh, It was great sanity to me, um, and my Thursdays tend to be very busy. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday is good, and I know you are busy as I'll get out as well. Anyway, yes. so let's get into it, man. I have a bit of a story right out of the gate. Um, so we all recall the Twitter hacks, or hack, I guess it was. Hack. Yeah, right. Big hack, right? Well, there was a good article that came out on it, uh, providing a lot of information about what happened on the New York Times. I was reading up this morning. So it ended up being a 17 year old kid in Florida. So here's another Florida man joke for you, right? Florida <laughs> <man> hacks Twitter. <laughs> Although these are a little bit different than, you know, Florida man wrestles alligator in, you know, Make grocery it. store aisle or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on PCP or whatever. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, so it ended up being a 17-year-old kid, and he kind of went into his background, came from a quote-unquote you know, broken home. His parents were divorced when he was seven, and he was known originally for scamming people in, in Minecraft by promising them <laughs> rare items in the game and never delivering. So he'd basically just tell somebody, hey, I'll give you a cape for this character if you give me 50 bucks, and he would get the 50 bucks, and then he would just block the person and never deliver. Right. That's funny. And sometimes 50 bucks, sometimes a hundred bucks, depending on how rare the item was, et cetera. It's funny. It's the wrong word. That's, that's evil, but it, it's funny because somebody paid $50 for a cape in Minecraft. Where's yeah. Russ when you need him? <laughs> and he's like 14 or 15 at this time. <laughs> sure. Right. Um, and he claimed that he was making about $5,000 a month doing this. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. So it turns uh, out the answer come- to my question is a lot of people. <laughs> a lot of people, man. <laughs> a lot of people. A lot of people. Um, I mean, 50, 50 bucks a pop, that's 100, uh, yeah. just 100 times a month. Anyway. All right. So then he gets into cryptocurrency 
And he starts scamming people there as well. So, you know, he, I, I don't, again, I'm not that great on crypto. You probably know a little bit more, but somehow he would get cash from people and then fail to, to finish the transaction by giving crypto. Now, maybe at I'm that sure point, it's a maybe similar, just bait and swap, give me the cash and I'll send you the, I'll send you the, the Bitcoin or whatever cryptocurrency yeah, he was sending. And then he just didn't do it. But on crypto traders, isn't it isn't it managed by a third party broker that would do that? I mean, it surprises yeah, but it, me that. But the way the way that reads is somebody gave him cash and he was going to give them coin. Uh, I got you. So yeah, it's yeah. it's actually exactly what he ended up doing on Twitter, which was, hey, send me a thousand dollars and I'll send you two thousand dollars in Bitcoin. Right. Yeah. That's now he was asking for Bitcoin to get more Bitcoin, which makes even less sense than give me cash and I'll send you Bitcoin. Yeah. At least then you're, I don't know, changing something, but. Um, but that scam has been proven to work in the past. Yeah. Calling for that all over the place. All right. So after that, so after he gets into crypto, then he gets into taking over people's phone numbers. Now, this allows him to have access to their online accounts. Ah, SIM swapping stuff. That's a, yeah, anything. Yeah, exactly. It's known as SIM swapping. That's right. Um, anything that's attached to phone numbers. And his main goal there, apparently, was to get into cryptocurrency accounts. Right. That's what he was after. Yeah. And so apparently um, last year, I never saw this, but last year he remotely seized the phone of a guy named Greg Bennett. He's a tech investor in the Seattle area. He took several of his accounts, including it's the article claim says his Amazon account, which I was like, ah, <laughs> no, I'm just, <laughs> oh no. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> but he took 164 bitcoins from the guy, which were worth 856k at the time, and would be worth 1.8 million today. And then the kid uh, Graham, they kept calling him uh, Mr. Uh, Clark. I think was his last name. I'm going to call him Graham because he's 17. Well, they're trying him as an adult, so maybe I should call him Mr. Graham or Mr. Clark. Anyway. He then tried to extort this guy, Greg Bennett, um, for additional crypto that he knew he had. Secret Service gets involved. Okay, so now now we're it's this year, in April. Secret Service seized a hundred bitcoins back from Graham, wow. gave it back to Greg Bennett. So a hundred of his one hundred sixty four bitcoins. Mister Bennett uh, is then asking the Secret Service, "Hey, what's going on? Are you going to charge this guy, etc.?" Secret Service says, "No, we're not arresting him because he's a minor." Oh, that's yeah. funny. Yeah. So he was a minor six weeks ago, but now he's an adult. Yep. Because he did it again. <laughs> Thank you for because your actions define <laughs> whether or not you're an adult. <laughs> so at this point, this point, so he's you know 16 or 17. You know he he's mentioned as 17 now. I don't know if he just turned 17 or whatever, but he's either 16 or 17. He's living in his own apartment in Tampa when he got caught with those 164 bitcoins. Like he has his own place. And he's driving an M3, like all this kind of stuff. Nice place. It's about and 64 they, Bitcoins they, worth of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right? Secret Service gives him a slap on the wrist. That's awesome. Which is, that's not a light, that's not a small amount of money, man. No. No, that's a, so, that's a sweet deal as a 16, 17-year-old kid. Yeah. And apparently, like one of his only friends, because apparently he just used and abused people all over the place. Like he just didn't have friends. Uh, all he would do is store like people, right? Bit of a train wreck. That sucks. So apparently, somebody he was, um, I guess, semi friends with had said that he, it really shook him when he got caught by the Secret Service. And he said, "Oh, you know, oh it gonna, shook Graham." Yeah, yeah, it shook Graham, okay. right? And so apparently, he said, "You know, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to stop doing this. I'm going to try to turn my life around, or whatever." <laughs> try two weeks later Two is weeks. when he started in on the Twitter thing. 
two uh, weeks later. Great. So he, uh, what apparently how it worked with Twitter, he convinced a Twitter employee that he was a coworker of Twitter, right? And that he worked in the IT department. And apparently he had the employee provide credentials to access the customer service portal. And this gets to where we were talking a few shows ago, how Twitter had over 20% of their employees which is absurd that had these keys to the kingdom to be able to do this. And so he would get in and he just start taking over accounts like any and all accounts. And so it's even more so than what he did with the crypto scam at the exact same time he was taking over rare handles. So like super short ones, just like single letter or double letter. Oh yeah. 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 Some of the, he would sell them to people. Yeah. Yeah. So he'd take them over. He would sell them to people online and then he would go back into the system in Twitter and retake over the account using Twitter system while keeping the money. (laughs) It's just like, (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) So now he's being tried as an adult (laughs) and uh, yeah, he's in in jail and uh, being held on 30 counts, 30 uh, felonies. Wow. I I don't know. Like it, I mean, that's it's a really interesting story. It, it just reminds me of like the stuff that you get out of you know 2600 back when they were doing all sorts of other kinds of spoofing and communication systems, and it was used for all kinds of nefarious and, and goofy purposes, right? But um, every time I see one of the we're gonna we're gonna try this minor as an adult sort of motion, I'm I'm confused about why the U.S. legal system even bothers to identify like what is an adult because every time somebody gets angry enough they're just like we're trying to use an adult it's like well why because yeah. if we don't then they just get away with it scot-free it's like well okay good why is that a law so that, well i guess the idea is probably that it's supposed to be a system that helps them recover from that and a 17 year old has a lot of years to not screw this and then they're like yeah well whatever let's let's go punitive 100 percent, really hard it seems to me, like the more appropriate response here would be to, uh, I'm forgetting his name now, but basically he was, uh, he was the a kid hacker. That, like, stole the planes days. and all that stuff? Uh, yeah, it might have been. I, I forget. I mean, he, he did all kinds of crazy stuff, but basically he wasn't allowed to touch computers for like two decades. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah this guy. is exactly I, the same response. Like that would be devastating to a kid who's a gamer, who's 17, whose life revolved around scamming people online. That's punishment enough, in my opinion. He didn't, you know, he didn't sink a ship and drown a bunch of people or do something insane. He he stole money, which is shitty. Um, and he was apparently just kind of a terrible person. But seventeen, fix it, <laughs> dude. Yeah, but he's either sixteen or seventeen at the time when he steals a million dollars. Yeah, I know that's insane. And Secret Service says, ah, we're not going to try him. Yeah, he's but well. Yeah, but that's on the Secret Service Dude. too. You know, letting no, somebody slip through your fingers at that point—that's uh, that's different than trying somebody as a minor and coming through with some sort of appropriate penalty. That's he just didn't slip, like he didn't slip through the fingers. They had him. They just said, which, ah, "We'll let you go." They allowed it. It's yeah, even worse. It. it wasn't like he snuck away. They were just like, "Yeah, we not ah, do it again." It was yeah. <laughs> uh, two weeks that's, later. That's I hope silly. you learned your lesson, Secret Service. Two weeks later. Two weeks. That is, I I don't know. I would be really curious to see the inside of that, you know, the ongoings there. Is that just so small and insignificant? Uh, Which it probably is in the grand scheme of like money changing hands for all the wrong reasons. They found a kid in Florida who bought a nice gaming PC with Bitcoin that he stole. It's like, could have been worse. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. Could have been drug money. Could have been all kinds of crazy crap going on in the back end. And he's just a, a kid with a an itchy trigger finger on a keyboard. Mm. So anyway, maybe whatever. maybe that's where the Secret Service was coming from. But clearly they yeah. they missed all the signs there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's move on. I could continue to make comments, but oh, the other funny thing I saw in there. Sorry, last thing. Uh, the New York Times, the way they were describing Twitter as this like security superpower or something like that. I can't remember how they said it. And I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> Jeez. How much did Twitter pay to have that little tiny ad? Right. Wow. Yeah. Times? Like, did, did, uh, it, did it show up with the hyperlink showing yeah. that it's paid for a section of that article? <laughs> <laughs> All right. What else do we have today? I know there was a lot that happened. So oh, man, there's lots of good Friday. news in the uh, the space exploration side of things. Um, obviously, the biggest ones is the Dragon Ship Endeavor splashed down successfully on Sunday, which is great because uh, they had good weather and good conditions. I didn't realize, but that's actually the first time we've had a re-entry with a water landing since 1975 in one of the Apollo capsules um, in the oh, United wow. States. I'm not sure if that's a global um, since or, or just in the United States, but either way, that's that's pretty crazy. And I, I'm sure I, I'm I didn't see, but I'd be interested to know if that's just because that's where the window put it. Um, I think maybe there's a high likelihood of that, all the right conditions and happens to fall in water, or if that was also a checkbox they were looking for, you know, for further validation of the, you know, the manned uh, SpaceX oh, yeah. stuff. But um, either way, they got a lot of data from it and they're of course pouring through that. That was the whole uh, well, not the whole point, but a big part of this dragon. Um, crew mission was to validate all of the work that SpaceX has done into these repeat human, you know, shipments, right? It's a weird way to say that. Anyways, I, I thought it was fun. They had a fun quote that just said, apparently, um, you know, once they crashed in, it said, welcome back to planet Earth and thanks for flying SpaceX, which I thought was <laughs> That's <better>. awesome. <laughs> and then the other big Bro, one thought, was... Well, no, before you jump off of yeah, that, yeah. Um, I think I saw Michael Stancliffe tweeting about this on uh, on the Twitters, the super the secure Twitters. platform. The super secure. <laughs> uh, it sounded like, and I didn't watch the splashdown. I was outside working or something, but um, it sounded like there were boats. Like SpaceX was so open about what was happening and when and where that there were a ton of private boats in the area. Oh, cool. That almost interfered with it. Did that you see that? That seems really dangerous. I did not yeah. see that, but People man, on, if, I guess if I knew where like, it was going to uh, land, I did and had a yacht or something, I'd have been out there or just a sailboat. <laughs> Causing the problems. Well, just people to, were to calling wave. for like our, our, you know, our U.S. Navy to be out there like protecting the area or something. Well, yeah. I mean, that could go really, really badly, not just for the capsule, but for anything it hits too. I, there's a, that's a, that's a terrible idea. They should, um, I, I guess, keep it quiet. I don't know that they have any jurisdiction to do much more than threaten people away from a random part of the ocean, right? It's not like it's, it's international waters, not owned by the United States. But if they show up with a big ass boat and tell you to move or we'll sink you or something, you'd probably listen. So yeah, well, I, that's what I they were ushering that's what they people were away. Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> that's not right. Man. Yeah. Well, and I get I get wanting to see that. It's pretty momentous, I, fascinating. I I would have loved to have been out there to do it, but I'm also cognizant of how bad that could end for me for them for the mission yeah like yeah, yeah. Give, give me some boundaries here seeing it versus ruining it but apparently that nobody ruined it so yeah all that hype for nothing 
Yeah, maybe it was no big deal. I didn't actually see it. I just saw people making comments about it. Mm. Thanks, anyway, all right, let's move on. What, what were you going to bring up next? Yeah, no, the other uh, the other big one was that um, an Atlas V rocket, so the behemoth, right? Um, and I, what's the name of the alliance that, that produces that? Anyways, uh, the the Mars rover Perseverance um, took off as well. And so it, uh, it marks the end of what I guess is uh, a window that shows up roughly every 26 months to send stuff to Mars on the closest approach, which takes about seven months to get there. Um, and I don't know if you've looked into the Perseverance stuff much, but it is massive, and it is, yeah. in fact, the largest uh, payload that we have ever sent to Mars. Um, I believe that is humanity, not just the United States again there. Yeah, it's and, huge. And, of course, this is the one that we talked about. It's going to have a helicopter on it, so we're going to have um, you know, some other capabilities, assuming that it lands as expected and safely. And so, uh, yeah, they're, they're going to do a ton of exploration on the surface of Mars, of course, looking for signs of life, among other things. So that's really exciting. And seven months from now, we should, we should be roving. That's awesome, man. So for size comparison, the pictures I saw, the rover is, I would probably say, about the size of maybe like a minivan or a big mm-hmm. truck. Um, that's a, that's a good the, comparison. The helicopter is about the size of a person. Right. And it's uh it's dual rotors spinning opposite directions, I believe, something like that, stacked on top of each other. I don't know the proper description for that, but it's about the size of a person, uh, kind of like squatting down in a ball. So very cool. That's awesome, man. Seven months from now, where will we be? Twenty twenty one with uh hopefully out of coronavirus. Hopefully Ooh, some, uh, hope so. some sweet, sweet uh uh, resolution there. Okay. Uh, Intel update. I'm not going to get too deep into this one because Russ uh, was talking about this a whole bunch. So I'm going to wait till he gets back. And I can't remember if it was you or him um, talking about, you know, Intel should think about exiting Getting out. Yeah. I think that was exiting Russ, manufacturing but... of chips. And that article hit, uh, I think this weekend, they were, they're weighing the option to exit from manufacturing chips. So, Wait till Russ gets back to make some comments on that. Uh, he had uh, he had a lot to say there. So, but, yeah, uh, no, uh, that, I think that's wild. But I, I mean, the other side of that too. Not to dig in it too much, but it, they they kind of have to do something. And obviously, what they've been trying to do isn't going to cut it, and they're just going to fall further and further behind. So, I think mm-hmm. that's probably one of the most dramatic um, possibilities. But I think it's also very real. Yeah. And, and the way I understand it too, it's, it's, um, not like they're getting out of chip manufacturing altogether, but it's having somebody else manufacture chips right. for them. Cause I remember, you know, Russ is saying, Hey, they were trying to get TMC, TSMC, uh, yeah. or t- sorry, TSMC to do it. And, uh, but they TSMC said no. said no. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's the issue. I don't, I'm, I'm curious. Well, again, it'd be so much fun to be like a fly on their design, some right? of these conversations. Right. Yeah. But it's uh, you've got Intel, the the behemoth, the gorilla in the room, and now they're basically going to some of the smaller players, and the smaller players can easily just be pumping stuff out at full capacity at this point because there's a tremendous amount of demand for what they're doing. So I, I could see lots of no's, right? Yeah, yeah, kind of interesting little co-opetition stuff like that. Um, I don't know that we have time to get into it and i haven't really <laughs> dug into it but there's all kinds of crazy news out today on uh microsoft looking to acquire tiktok yeah they backed down from it and then oh they did i missed that well I they backed they were down still in the box. and then satya 
apparently spoke to the president and now they're going okay. to continue discussions. That's what I saw. It. Yeah, because Trump was like, well, we're going to ban it. And then they talked and sure. I guess Microsoft is like, well, never mind. I think we're going to keep looking at it. <laughs> I, I was surprised that that wasn't somewhat coordinated, right? Like Microsoft was aware of the fact that there was a you know, looming potential ban. And so they're they're basically entering those conversations. I, I can imagine now if that was uncoordinated that Microsoft's going to offer quite a bit less for that business. Yeah. Because the value of said business probably just dropped pretty precipitously, uh, considering that it might be blocked out entirely, you know, from a legal perspective. So yeah, I, I read an article that was talking about why that might be valuable, why Microsoft would be interested in it, because it, it seems a little bit counter to what they do. I mean, obviously, they're in technology. They've played at social networks and stuff like that um, and failed pretty catastrophically. But yeah. uh, basically, the article that I was reading was saying that um, there's there's a tremendous amount of data. It's obviously you know on the rise. It's got a huge social network, kind of goes back to some of the stuff we heard from Facebook about Instagram in the hearings recently, right? It's like they're good at what they do. They already exist. That makes them a threat. Um, so TikTok obviously checks a lot of those boxes. Um, Microsoft will be able to advertise and it will be able to collect a ton of data, which puts them right you know back into that seat, which is the whole point of those social networks, or at least from a business perspective, right? So I'm, I'm curious to see if that works. And I, I'm not going to lie, I don't use TikTok, but I see a lot of TikTok content. Um, it, it very quickly kind of reared its head for lots of little videos in, that bubbled up in Reddit and show up on Twitter and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, I, I would be, even, even as a non-user, I think I'd be happy to see a non-Chinese entity doing that and that that sounds really incendiary but my my point being there the whole reason we're talking about banning tiktok in the united states is because it appears that tiktok is sharing a lot of that data with the chinese government and so i have no problem with chinese owned and operated entities but i do have issue with those entities not fighting at least on the surface, hard to prevent all of that just going straight to state-owned anything, whether that's Chinese yeah. or alternatives. I feel the same way in the United States. I want to see the Googles and the Apples and the Microsofts of the world saying no and fighting to keep your personal and private data private from the U.S. government too. And yeah. so if there's just an open door on the backside, which that's sort of the claim that's happening right now, and understandable if you look at how... The, the Chinese government functions, especially with corporations in their domain, it's not hard to believe that when they ask, the answer is always yes, right? So I don't know. Hopefully yeah. it, it doesn't tear the app platform apart, but I don't know that that would be a bad thing. Well, and the, and the piece right there, tearing the platform apart, I'm curious how that's going to work. Um, yeah. And this is just my own ignorance, but if, so ByteDance is the parent company that owns it. They've agreed to divest the U.S. operations of TikTok. So how does that work? Is it the same? I mean, I imagine it's just the same source code and then you ha you operate as two separate entities. There's TikTok, I guess, for the rest of the world. And then there's U.S. TikTok, which well, has different backend systems, different access. Like I, I, you got to assume because if it's just like Microsoft operating the business, that doesn't sound very clean, um, especially what we know with yeah. for governmental espionage when it comes to tech. Sure. So I would think they've got to fork it 
and then yeah. the, the fourth Different stream name would be completely maintained by, and I, I would assume the name would change over time, if not almost immediately, right? Yeah. But that's, that's other- curious, because they'd have to have agreements about not competing in other markets, too. Uh, because if the, I mean, think about that, it, I'm sure there's a, a, some sort of limitation that's put in place to just say, cause what I, what I, it said, Canada, the United States, there was another country in New Zealand and I'm, I'm forgetting what the fourth one was, but that was basically what was on the table for Microsoft. But you can imagine if it's literally a fork of the code and you're getting all of those users and then you turn around, rename it, and then start competing for like the India and the Chinese markets, right? Like that's that sucks for TikTok. So I, I, you got to assume that some of those agreements are in place that says you can't enter these markets at least for some some amount of time or maybe indefinitely. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and when you mentioned uh, Microsoft getting in there and doing advertising and all that kind of stuff, it made me just make the mental comparison to when we grew up in you know elementary, middle school, you had school districts that were bought out by Coca-Cola or Dr. Yeah, Pepper or yes. something like that, right? And, you, you, you know, there's, there's all kinds of similar examples to this, but where you grow up and that's what you drink. Like when you go to school, yeah. like the only thing available to Capturing you is Capturing people. Or yeah. Dr. Pepper or whatever, right? And Capturing I think that that's what they see. That's what Microsoft sees in TikTok. They see the next, you know, the you know, whatever generation that is. If cigarette um, companies were smarter, they'd have done the same thing. They'd have bought those middle schools outright instead of just advertising to them with cool camels and stuff. Yeah. So future tech workers <laughs> grow up seeing advertisements on Microsoft, learning Microsoft platforms, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That in my mind, that's that's the play. That's that's what's going on there. So no, I think so too. Uh it's I don't know. It's a good move. I, I get it. I think um I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, it it will be interesting to see how Microsoft does that. That article that I was reading also said there's a high likelihood that they're going to sort of let it run and be autonomous because when they have sucked things in and tried to sort of borgify them. It has failed far more Borgify. catastrophically. That's my new favorite <laughs> word. Yeah, use it. Um, no, but they talked about, you know, like uh, Skype. Skype was a train wreck when they tried to suck it in. Whereas LinkedIn, which operates independently, but has some really clever uh, integrations with Office, that was a raging success for them, you know, financially in the marketplace. So um, the at least the way that they were sort of spinning it was saying that if they let TikTok or whatever it becomes known as, operate independently, then there's a high likelihood that they will be able to sort of get the synergies out of it. And I, I think it makes a lot of sense. So it'll be kind of curious to see. Yeah. All right. Let me uh, let me switch gears here real quick. Um, I thought this was cool. And this um, are cool. I, you know, I don't know. You and I talked a long time ago, many, many years ago, when we first saw many what moons. was happening around smart home stuff. What'd you say? I said many moons. Yes, many, many moons ago, man. Um, so for those of y'all that don't know, Tyler and I have been friends for a very long time. Right at the You're beginning of back. all this right at the beginning <laughs> of all this smart home product stuff, we were like, how do we get into this? How do we do this? Oh yeah. It's gonna be huge, all this kind of stuff. And then part of some of the problems that we would talk about were how do we find people that can do the installation? Right. Because if you think about your average user not wanting to do that, how do you spin up a services? arm and all this kind of stuff and i'm sorry if i'm giving away um you know your your still you know back pocket plans there but uh i think that kind of died yeah it's (laughs) it's not happening anytime soon if we see an opportunity we'll jump but yeah now well google google saw an opportunity they're going to invest 450 million dollars in adt for son of a (laughs) 6.6 percent stake 
And the goal <laughs> is that ADT will sell and install Nest smart home products. Yeah, so, I get it. Somebody, um, I forget the name of the company now, but uh, somebody came soliciting, which totally isn't to city code, but that doesn't stop people in my neighborhood um, recently. And it was a, basically they would take on the cost of the devices and the installation to get a bunch of smart stuff in your house, um, security system, you know, everything integrated. Right. And, um, and of course you would pay a fee and I'm sure that there's some number of years in the agreement. And it just, it reminded me of like cable companies and the renting the cable boxes sort of approach to, to doing smart home stuff. But, um, that's interesting because I didn't know about the Google side until you just mentioned it, but it's obviously a budding market and it makes a lot of sense that it's coming on the heels of kind of the, I don't know, maybe it's unfair, but legacy um, home security systems, mm -hmm. uh, especially because like the wiring is there in a lot of houses. There's, there's a lot of untapped um, sensors, right? We talk about IOT a lot. Well, yeah. there are a lot of, dumb sensors in homes in the United States, for sure. I'm sure this is true elsewhere as well. But like the house that I'm in currently has uh, a security panel, right? So it was wired for home security that call the, call the police kind of security, right? Um, most of the windows and doors have sensors, open, close, brake sensors, uh, various things, right? So um, I, from like day one, when I walked into my house, I was trying to figure out how to leverage that stuff. And then I, I kind of let it fall off the grid for a little while and I just hadn't thought about it. And then all of a sudden I found out about a Kickstarter campaign that, you know, happened successfully called connected.io. And, um, it, it was, it's literally, you know, like a, an integrated breadboard like design, but it's just a little microcontroller that has the Wi-Fi connection and takes all of those inputs and you can just have daughter cards to scale it out to whatever you need for those inputs. But all of a sudden, you're taking all of these dumb sensors, smartifying them, and you can tie it into IFT and stuff like that. And you can have notifications on your phone. And it's just like, that's awesome. But that's the DIY version. And it's funny because it all seems to be happening right now at the same time, which is cool. Yeah. So I think we'll right, see I a lot get more. more I'll get two more I want to drop on you. And then we'll hear anything else you got to say. And we'll shut it down for shut an awesome down. Monday morning. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's hard for us to have a show without mentioning uh, <laughs> customer records getting leaked. So oh, I you thought it was going to go the Facebook route, didn't you? you I did for a second, but but then you brought that up, and I forgot that that happens all the time. And without looking at the notes, I know exactly what you're talking about because I saw this too. Is what almost 20 million users? And yeah, it was cosmetics. Yes. Yep, Avon. Avon. 19 million million oh. customer records. Yep, that personal sucks. information. Totally exposed. sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not even oh, going to bother like figuring. I know. Out. It, it, no, it, it, I feel like we we beaten it to death, right? We do need to. We got what was it? Uh, Mr. Grubb reached out and said he could talk to us about it. And I'm definitely interested in having some opinions coming from more of a position of expertise. But um, yeah, it is has unreal to get solved. how often this stuff happens. Has to Daily. get solved. Anybody Daily. that's like, I mean, I don't know who our listeners are. We average about a hundred listens per show. Uh, you know, over, over time. Right. So usually it's like 50 right out of the gate. And then over the following, you know, couple of weeks, it trends up to about a hundred, hundred plus. If you have the power to go make this happen, <laughs> do something. I'm begging you. I'm begging you. Oh man. Uh, man. 
so ridiculous every yeah. single time. I mean, every it's just week. a matter of time before we get through every industry, through every, every you know. Well, and these are only the ones you hear about, right? And, sure. and some of the smaller scale leaks, uh, A, a lot of companies probably don't know they happened. And then B, they happen, but they happen point. on a scale that doesn't end up in the news, right? You hear about the 20 million user leaks, but what about the, you know, the 10,000 that happens every day? And, sure. and it's just a smaller subset of the system, but doesn't doesn't leave enough of a wake to get people's attention and clicks. And so I, I have no doubt that the number of user data points that's leaked on a regular basis is just off the charts. And we don't talk about it because some of it we don't know. And collectively, it's huge. But independently, it's like, meh. Yeah. Your local garage door repair place leaked all 800 of its users, but yeah, 40,000 of those across the, the globe all had the same problem yesterday because they use the same, and, and a, you know, spreadsheet based system to track everything or whatever yeah, it is. And again, so again, go, go replay the tapes of previous conversations. Here's the quote in this, in this article. It is simply unacceptable that a database of this size was left yeah. exposed with no password protection. Or oh, really? Yes. I didn't even want to look at it. I didn't even uh, want to try to figure out what it was, but that's what it is. Come it's on. So ridiculous. I'm, I'm sorry. Just, it's not, uh, we, we, I feel like we've beaten this one to death, but I will say it again. The punishment, which I, we're really talking about punitive financial things here for that kind of gross negligence should be significant, significant enough that people say, oh crap, I should probably spend some money on people that know how to do this and systems that can support it. Yeah. Like no question. Yeah. Oh my goodness. All right, uh, I got to out with like a face palm. Yeah. Um, it's awful. All right. So well, the last one here. I agree. <laughs> yeah. We we probably we probably need to get into this um, more on another show. I'll just hit the headline here. But Amazon got the green light to spend ten billion dollars ah, yeah. on three thousand plus internet satellites. Saw so, this too. I know people are really angry about. And, Space yeah. litter. I, I see right. that coming up more and more and more because there's a that's, lot of these things. But that that was huge. It was ten billion, right? That's what you said. Yeah, um, ten billion dollars. I, I did see that headline. That that is insane. Yep. Yeah, they had to uh, go get it um, approved by the FCC, right? Yep. And um, but yeah, so a lot of the whenever we had Comet Neowise, I saw people mm-hmm. out there uh, posting photos of uh, extended exposure views of it. And a good number of them showed just like streaks of you know, like, I don't know, 30, 40 satellites going by in that exposure time window. That's <laughs> like, crazy. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So That's why we need something on the dark side of the moon. <laughs> Telescope. Do and it. Lasers. And lasers. Gotta have the lasers. For. We also need that, that ring around the sun. Don't forget about that. Oh yeah. What was that? Was that? That was a ring around the sun. A ring around the shooting, sun of what? Shooting down asteroids. It wasn't actually. Oh, that's right. Down. Remember, it was, a, it was a ring of satellites that were designed to go chase after comets and stuff. Uh, oh yeah, far away. We, we decided it would be better with lasers to blow stuff up. All right, we digress. <laughs> what else you got before we before we end this and get on? Oh man, I don't know that I brought a lot more news. Um, Nope. I was excited about the the space stuff. I saw a few things, but I want to save it for Russ. Uh, Halo had a big announcement. I also saw, I think, one that I really want to talk about uh, that I don't know enough about yet. I want to go read a bit. Apparently, um, a, uh, a video game racing 
champion. So someone who I'm sure is using one of those extreme simulators transitioned to actually racing in real life. And yeah, iRacing. There's or an interesting like story there. Yeah, I think it yeah. came from iRacing. But this is the thing. I haven't read it. I just saw the title and I was like, cool, I'm going to read that. We're going to totally tee it up for us, see if he's got some, some info there too. But I had heard about stuff like that before, uh, taking folks from like the, the iRacing leaderboards. And this was years ago, but actually putting them on a track because the, the tracks are like true to form. So the turns, everything about them is accurate. But of course the G's change pretty significantly when you're actually in a race car going that fast. Sure. Yeah. And, um, and so that, that's not an easy transition to make, but, uh, it, it looked like a success story. So I'm kind of curious to dig into it. It seems kind of cool. All right, dude. I hope you have an awesome Monday. All of our wonderful listeners. I hope you're doing well. Let us know. Give us, uh, give us some feedback and keep sending us several y'all DM us stuff all the time. Uh, if you come across something cool, either uh, send Gosh. it over or let us know that you want to come on the show. Again, I tweeted this out the other day, but we love to meet new people and we love catching up with old friends. And this is a fun way to do it. Absolutely. We want to hear your thoughts. Thanks for listening. 